Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of Why Bother with your host, John Sobleski, the podcast that didn't need to be made by the host who really didn't want to make it. Today, I am joined by the very talented Alyssa Harper, who is a local artist, art educator, and mural painter here in the Queen City. I'm very happy that she was able to take some time out of her busy schedule to talk with me today, and I think you're going to really enjoy what she brings to the table. So without further ado, I would love to introduce my good friend, Alyssa Harper. How are you doing, Alyssa? Great. Thanks, John. <laughs> oh, I am so glad that you're here. It is probably uh, 5,000 degrees outside right now. So And inside my apartment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, art is not supposed to be comfortable. So if you're not sweating... You're not doing it right. <laughs> okay, so Alyssa, I've known you for a couple years, uh, but I know why I know you, and they don't know why I know you, so you get to answer that question. How do we know each other? Oh, man, we joined up in somebody's art ed class. Was it Joe Pacillo's or Alice's? I think it was Joe Pacillo's. <laughs> yes, uh, uh, Joe Pacillo, the uh, locally uh, very talented, very famous artist uh, known for his... Uh, life-size renderings of horses. horses. Uh, are very great. I actually I have a picture of his somewhere. Uh, yeah. Of course, I, I'm not prepared. They're in the Albright, the Birchfield. They made it onto the background of Hannibal, the movie. Like, they're in an apartment. They're huge. Oh, it's so cool <laughs> to see what he's what he does. And he's a very approachable uh, oh, guy. So, I think was... my favorite quote by him was when we were invited to that um, what, the gala thing for our awards in Art Ed. Yes. John, overachiever as well, got uh, some sort of award before we graduated. And we, uh, on the side of stacking up our champagne glasses into a big pyramid in the middle of the awards. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. I remember, if I remember correct, John wanted a uh, picture before Joe retired and, you know, went on his very way and my I favorite quote by him was no <laughs> he just walked away <laughs> I, I thought that it would be great to uh you know be able to uh uh commemorate uh the the impact he had on my no. life and with one 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 syllable it was all brought to shambles but yeah. no so uh to those of you who are watching right now Alyssa and I are both art educators in various districts uh, around uh, the uh, community um so we did meet at SUNY Buffalo State uh, in the art education department I believe I'm a few years older uh, than Alyssa because I I that was like a second career uh, for me and Alyssa was just going through it the first time yeah. um, but some really cool things uh, about uh, Alyssa is she's a graphic design artist uh, she's a painter uh, she uh, creates awesome artwork and that's what we'd like to talk with her about today so Alyssa why don't we start out uh, on your artistic journey so to speak so in the beginning <laughs> All right. There you go. Take yeah. it away. I mean, I didn't always want to be an art teacher per se, but I was always drawing, sketching, um, you know, high school. My um, my local high school was fortunate enough to have an art academy. So I was able to get in, you know, advanced drawing and painting, end up with some AP credits at the end. And I really had no intention of becoming an art teacher whatsoever. I was thought of it as like a pyramid scheme where you go to school to become an artist, to teach other kids how to become artists maybe someday. <laughs> and uh, it wasn't until the very end, I sort of thought about it. Our teacher was like, oh, you'd be really good at it. And I was like, ew, kids, gross. <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up trying to get into a few different colleges, got scholarships, but 
even with like a $35,000 scholarship, it's obscene to learn how to paint more good. So I picked up uh, graphic design at the trusty handy dandy Buffalo State for yes. pennies on the dollar. Yes. And you know what? People, people laugh about Buffalo State all the time, but I will be the first one to tell you that if you're going to get an education, you, you should probably want to go where you can afford it. Uh, and, and that, you know, years down the road, your, your student loans, um, aren't crippling you from trying to move forward with your life. So. Eating paint. And <laughs> <laughs> I had to eat another brush for the fiber. I tell kids all the time though. I, uh, when I did my student teaching, I did an AP class or advanced drawing and painting, something like that. And they're like, miss, you know, how did you go to art school? You're so good at drawing and painting and all that. I want to go and I want to make art. And I was like, YouTube it. Why are you going to spend $50,000? They're like, what? I'm like, didn't your counselor tell you not to go to art school? That's sort of dumb. And they're like, but you went to art school. I was like, yeah, and I'm sort of dumb. So <laughs> I'm like, if you're going to get into it, get into advertising or something that pays well and then learn it on the side. For there, nothing. there you go. It's, you know, the arts really help us as individuals, you know, make it through life. You know, it gives us something, that old cliche, art gives us something to live for or to fight for, right? Um, I personally, like you, never thought I'd be a teacher. Um, but I find that if I'm going to be a teacher of anything, I might as well teach something I enjoy doing. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I never woke up and said, you know, math, let me teach you how to do math because I don't even know what half of it means anyway. so I would have done bio or science if I could have. Yes. I mean, at least with biology, you could like plant something and, you know, <laughs> Oh, here's my hypothesis. Maybe if I take a watermelon seed and a cantaloupe seed, I'll have a, a water cowan or something. I don't know. That sounds like GMOs to me. Genetically modified organisms. But there is nothing more satisfying than being a substitute teacher. And they all know you as the art teacher. And then you go mm. into their science class and like, yes. You don't have to do anything. And I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> You're going to learn today. <laughs> today, I'm going to be a real teacher. No, <laughs> no but I, I think it would be safe to say that we both love what we do and we joke about it. But if you're doing it, you can joke about it because it's it's exciting and it's fun. And and there's nothing better than seeing your students figure out what you're trying to accomplish and seeing them succeed. So uh, that's great. So we talked a little bit about art education. Um so talk about art a little bit more in high school and in college. What were some of your courses that you took that really stuck with you, that really made you feel like this is something you wanted to do? And uh, talk a little bit about like, you know, what mediums uh, you enjoy working with the most? Uh, most of my bigger things are spray paint and acrylic, but I really like drawing. I mean, I've always been, you know, the you have a pencil around your house. You don't need to open up a whole studio with all the paints as a little kid. Your parents hate having to clean up after you and put out all the paints and purchase the paints and the water. So it's a little easier to grab a pencil or color pencils, markers, anything that you have. And, you know, you're always drawing and doodling in books in elementary school. But when I got to, you know, middle school, high school level, I started realizing that I could draw pretty accurately. And it was interesting going from copying, you know, comic books and, you know, illustrations and textbooks and things like that to just making up your own little versions of them. So I think I mentioned that my high school had an art academy, which really helped steer you. I think it was our junior year. We got to pick up an academy that we wanted to do. It could be science, education, you know, something like that. You could pick what you wanted to go into and they steered you in that direction. 
So you could pick electives that had to do with it and you'd be with students that were in the same academy. So when I took a graphic design class or a photography class, it was with pretty much the same group of kids that I'd been with that took a drawing class with me. So that really helped shape and uh, hone in observational skills, which are super important. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know graphic designers, you're playing on the computer, but I've noticed that graphic designers who don't necessarily have the drawing skills, just sort of, you can see it in the rest of their work. Mm -hmm. So it helps and it sounds silly because you're thinking I'm making a logo, but if you can't draw it, it, it's just a lot easier to focus on those kind of skills first before you jump into other things. I th and I think, you know, we were talking about this earlier before we went live about how important drawing is or understanding uh, basic concepts. You know, I, I, I think it would be safe to say that if you have the basic concept of perspective, yeah. uh, form, um, values, stuff like that, your job, depending on whatever other uh, medium you use, uh, it really c always comes back down. That's to it. That yeah, it's like the building blocks of everything. And nobody wants to do that part. <laughs> they want to Jackson Pollock it into spray paint and do whatever. <laughs> and, you know, I have kids. I teach uh, graphic design right now. So mm -hmm. all my things are on the computer. I don't do drawing and painting. But for those kids who struggle with it, you know, I give them alternatives. And I say, as long as you're making something great. So I'll sit with them and I'll draw for like 30 minutes. I'll say, all right, we're going to practice doing this. And then once you're like, well, I have this idea in my head, but I can't draw it. And I can't put it in the computer and I can't and I can't and I can't and I can't. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, we're going to learn perspective today. Yes. <laughs> so like, you know, just drawing facial features or something. And, you know, once they realize that if they can get a few of those skills down, everything else is so much easier to get that imaginary picture out of your head and on the paper or computer. Yeah, sure. And, and you know, another thing that I think is the, the misconception about drawing is that either you have it or you don't. Uh, it's, it's really not about your ability to draw, it's your ability to see. Would you agree? Like it's, if yeah. you look at it. I mean, if you ask anybody to draw a tree, they're going to draw a rectangle with a bunch of clouds around it. Yep. You know, and that's what's in your head as a tree, or you draw a face, you have two dots and a smile. Yeah. But nobody actually looks at the branches and the bark and all that. So, you know, yeah. it's the difference between having um, like a representation of it and getting down to the actual details. Are you looking from above? Are you at eye level? Are you underneath it? And that's what sort of takes us to the next level of drawing a tree. Yes. <laughs> drawing a tree. Great. <laughs> Uh, it's mostly patience. I said, everybody, you know, it's not. Really yeah, so it's, it's really. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you're, you, you, you just hit something on the head there is, is patience. You know, art, uh, the fine arts is all about patience. You have these artists that spent years and years and years honing their skills, <laughs> figuring out their skills, figuring out how they can better their work, working, you know, having a lot of uh, what I guess the society now would call failures. Right. Yeah. But. If it wasn't for that, they wouldn't be able to have mastered or created uh, what they did. Yeah. So, you know, looking at Picasso's, he went and if you look at his early work from when he was 14, they're right. immaculate. They're like master drawings. And then as he got older, he de he unlearned it and he intentionally made it look childlike. Yeah. So I noticed you take somebody to the gallery and they're like, I could have done that. One, you didn't. And, <laughs> and she, they're like, oh, you know, they, they have an idea of what it's supposed to look like in their head. I take family members to the Albright and I tell them they have um, Picasso's and they have Van Gogh's and Pizarro and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And they're like, well, I didn't see a Picasso. I'm like, 
Yes, you did. You saw several. You just had no clue that that he did other stuff. You know? <laughs> so na naturally, you're referring to the Albright Knox Art Gallery, which is uh, on hiatus right now, yeah. even before this pandemic took over the world and canceled everything. Uh, but they are in the process of updating and uh, adding on to their facilities. So that is awesome. And and you know what, Alyssa, you do bring up some really good points is that people's perception of art um, is not always, they, they don't realize about the process or the idea behind why artists did what they did. Um, and I, I think that that would be something that art educators like us, at least I know uh, I try, and we've talked about this, that we try really hard to, to let students understand why people did the things they did. It wasn't like they just, it's not like they didn't have the skills, you know, yeah. they, they decided to go against the grain and, and try some new things and, and stand out and create their style, as we would say. So let's talk a little bit about studio courses. Now, uh, studios, uh, in any art form, there's a studio. It, it might be called like a workshop. It might be called uh, t something different depending on the discipline. I know when I went to film school, uh, we just had um, filmmaking time. <laughs> so, <laughs> free for all. <laughs> or or pr uh, production, production time, so to speak. So <laughs> in studios, you know, painting, drawing, ceramics, two-dimensional, three-dimensional, um, furniture building, sculpting, uh, it, the list goes on and on. When you were at Buffalo State, I'm sure you took a, a plethora of, <laughs> of courses. There's an SAT word yeah, for you. Plethora. Plethora. <laughs> um, so what studio courses did you find uh, you enjoyed the most that you wanted to uh, incorporate some of those skills into your personal work? Or were there some that you wish you had taken more of uh, to better benefit yourself as an artist? Um, I think some of the most interesting ones that I took, I started off graphic design. So I did a solid two, two and a half years of that before mm -hmm. any of the regular art ones. Mm -hmm. And I really liked some of the classes that just pushed your ideas. So talking digital, not so much drawing and painting yet. Um, I had a class with Brent Patterson and it was sort of an intro to motion design, something that I completely had zero idea. You know, I'm a I'm graphic design teacher now, but I had never taken a class or fiddled around with it. I had zero knowledge going into it. And the class was not a free for all, but it really challenged you. There were sort of like no limits. Oh, you want to make a, you know, something that looks like an eight bit Game Boy? Sure, go for it. You want to have pizza as the background of yours? Go for it. It was very encouraging. And, uh, you know, I sort of take some of those lessons into my own classroom. You know, as long as it's not going to, offend anybody that's signing my paycheck or anybody else, you can do it <laughs> and I'll teach you how, <laughs> um, which is pretty cool. But uh, yeah, a lot of filmmaking stuff. I got intro how to use, um, what's the the mic that you, the- Oh, the lapel uh, mic? Lapel, yeah, it was a big yep. thing for me. Um, I had to reshoot frame for frame, I think a few minutes of Twilight. So oh. getting those angles, it was fun. It was something that was out of my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. I'm a great drawing and painting. I hated the intro classes, you know, but it was something different that I wasn't good at that I liked trying to be good at. Mm -hmm. I ended up getting like a C. I sort of stunk at it, but yeah, <laughs> it well. was fun. Yeah, it's, um, it's, the, the C, I, I, I was actually looking through my transcripts a few weeks ago, and, yeah. and I noticed I had one or two Cs in there too, but it was always like, it was like, like, Intro to criminal justice. And I said, why was I even taking that in the beginning? To, yeah. I, went to, I guess for like copyright infringement or something. But like, you know, <laughs> please. So you were talking a little bit about, you know, comfort zone. 
Yeah. I mean, it, nobody likes to go outside their comfort zone. That's why I went for graphic design is because I knew I could draw and paint. I don't really need $50,000 worth of instruction on how to do that better, you know? Um, but sure. when I took intro to drawing, I actually sort of kind of dropped out of it within the first week. And I, you know, I talked to my advisor, I was in the honors program too. And I was like, listen, I have AP credit. Do I have to take it? I'm like, I went in and for a solid three days of three hour studios, they taught us the different pencil weights, 2H, HB, 4H, 4B. And I was like, about to lose my mind. <laughs> I was drawing for three days. It was just lines and circles. It was awful. And I uh, did not want to do that. But uh, figure drawing was probably one of the first classes I took that taught you how to see, how to see differently. And it was great. Mm -hmm. um, it was definitely a different experience. Uh, we teach figure drawing in a you know, high school level with clothes on, which is great. And, uh, you know, yeah. don't worry about anything like that. But it's definitely like the human form is so hard to draw. You know, not oh, even faces or fingers and phalanges, but yeah. And I, I find that students, uh, you, you'll meet them in like first grade and they have, you know, they'll, they'll symbolically draw the head uh, with the stick body yes. and they'll, they'll get there. And then as you get older and you start teaching them about like the figure, the form, the three dimensionality, the anatomy, uh, Adults forget all that, and then they go back to the stick figure. So it comes full circle. They give up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I had a bunch of kids. They, uh, you know, they went. I don't think they were drawing or art majors or anything like that. They must have had to take a fine arts course and just jumped into it. And um, it was awkward because there was such varying different levels. So I sort of sit in the corner, like I already know to sort of know how to do this and just draw on my own. And then you get like the angry glares, like, "Well, hers looks different." I'm like, "Don't look at mine." Oh, I know. <laughs> I think I had the professor, you know, I was going around and I don't even know if it was live model. It might've been a skeleton at that point, but he was like, um, you know, you drew the background. There was like a table and something else and a window and some curtains. I was like, yeah, you know, what do you think? He's like, oh yeah, it's really, really good. Could you not draw that? Cause not everybody else can. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> but, uh, it's right up there with like a To Kill a Mockingbird when Scout and Atticus are learning to read. Yeah. And then the teacher's like, oh, we can't have any of that extra learning that going on. Exactly what it was like. <laughs> I was so mad. I mean, he sort of, he got it, but it was like discouraging. I sat in the corner um, away from everybody else looking at my sketch pad. <laughs> like, don't look over Oh my here. gosh. Don't um, look over here. I, I remember my intro to drawing class and we sat there and, and we were doing it. And I was so proud of what I accomplished. And my professor came over and he's like, okay, great. What is this? <laughs> it's abstract. It's, it's like when you get the, the notes on your test and teachers like looking at yours. Well, everybody read the question extra hard. <laughs> oh, I make sure. <laughs> yeah, that no, I passive aggressive not knowing that you're talking about me yeah. <laughs> this thing. All right, so let's talk a little bit about murals. Now, uh this mural I'm about to put up onto the um up onto the maybe, I don't know. Is this working? Maybe go. I see it. <laughs> okay, there it is. Uh this mural here uh is uh the oops, sorry. This mural <laughs> here. <laughs> I'm really bad at the switching thing. I'm learning uh, is something that you did in the last year. Uh, and it actually, uh, if I remember correctly, caused a little bit of a uh, unbeknownst to you stir <laughs> because it was used in some marketing materials and you weren't told about it. 
Yeah, I mean, it's funny. I'll have murals. People do little photo shoots around town, and uh, I'll have people texting me like, hey, I saw your uh, your bird on Hurdle or whatever was in the whatever Buffalo Spree magazine. I got a text the one day. It was probably the coolest one that I got. They were watching uh, the Food Network or Travel Channel, and mm -hmm. it was one of those specials of like international cuisine, and they visited Buffalo, and my bird mural was actually used in it. Like they zoomed around different areas of Buffalo, and that was smacked. So they paused it, took a picture, and sent it to me. <laughs> but yeah, I've seen this pizza one specifically has been used on ads for food delivery around Buffalo. And I'm not sure. I just sort of like comment under it. I mean, they're not directly making money off of it. It's still not the best practice to be doing. Like, I, if they tag me, I'm fine. Um, it's not like they're saying they painted it, but I think it's just funny. I, I don't worry too much. As long as they're not selling t-shirts of it, I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> now, let's talk a little bit about this. So where exactly is this located? It is in the Hurdle Alley. So there's a Sunoco right on Hurdle. I want to say there's Max on Hurdle. Mm -hmm. And there's a hidden alleyway with just, I want to say, uh, over a dozen artists. All went back there. Um, we had Mark Madden and Vinny Alejandro uh, sort of put this mural jam together. And it's cool because they gave us complete autonomy. They didn't really give us any rules. Just said, come paint. And or I was like, fine, if you're not going to give me any rules, I'm going to paint a giant slice of pizza with an Illuminati eye and, <laughs> you know, a Pizza Hut font. And it, uh, <laughs> it is what it is. So I thought it was cool. And I just like putting stuff out there that's unexpected. Sure. Um, you know, it doesn't it, it fits. It's Buffalo themed loosely at the cup and char pepperoni. Yeah, um, you know. it's it looks very <laughs> delicious, actually. And uh and I remember last year following uh, your your progress on it. Now, how long did this take you to do? Was this uh, a couple of days? Was this a day? What was the? Um, I want to say it was about two days. So I did a sketch and just all of a sudden took that, taped it up to the wall. I should have brought process pictures. Um, but I got <laughs> the out there, sort of, you know, sketched it out, um, laid down some background colors. And I think it took about a day and a half. It was probably about 100 degrees like it is today. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think it was two days of painting. So, you know, I also wanted to bop around and see other artworks and check out the other murals that were going on. So it was a little longer than it should have taken, you know, sure. um, but it was pretty cool. I uh, had a few people come take pictures while I was working um, Had family members come out. And there was actually a news anchor that I didn't know was a news anchor at the time. And mm -hmm. you know, everybody's got cameras in your faces and she just had a cell phone. So she's asking me questions sort of like you are now or just shooting it and she's like oh what do you think and i just start rambling about how buffalo pizza is superior to every other form of pizza <laughs> everything else is trash and it went on the news with my face and i was like oh she didn't tell me that this was a news interview <laughs> and it was like on her twitter and the new uh, news oh, and everybody was commenting like you suck <laughs> yeah i love whatever DiGiorno. i'm like oh my god <laughs> well <laughs> what, what you need to also realize is people don't like people that tell the truth. So you were completely true. Blue cheese I, and ranch. <laughs> right. I, I, I always find it so fascinating. So, you know, I, I'm a lifelong Buffalonian, as are you. And uh, I remember going to Washington, D.C. in the Capitol and uh, going down into their like uh, little cafeteria area uh, with the eighth graders at my school last year. And 
And the kids are like, oh, they have pizza. And uh, the kids bought this pizza. It's like a piece of cardboard. And it doesn't even have sauce. It's like iced up tomatoes. And <laughs> oh. like, why is this a thing? You know, these poor, poor people that are. Uh, I went but, to New York City for pizza, almost specifically. And I was so excited. You see pictures and everybody's all about New York City pizza. The first time ever going there, like a year or two ago. And I was so excited. Went to a shop. I hated it. It was awful. <laughs> it has no 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 form. It just it falls over. It, oh my god! And and if you have to eat your pizza like a taco, yes, you defold it. And I was like, <laughs> it, it, why, why don't you just put like it in a sandwich, make it a sub? Because you know it, it's it's too much work. Um, so what's you? So you have this mural, uh, and and it's it's pizza. What do you, as the artist, hope that the that the uh, viewer will get out of this. Is this something, is there a, a deeper meaning uh, as, as we discuss in art all the time, all the deeper meaning, <laughs> what are we talking about? Yeah, what does the artwork conspiracy. mean? Conspiracy. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, I just wanted it to stand out and be funny to look at and just be something you don't expect walking down the alley. It's better than just somebody writing their names or something phallic on the wall. It's going to get <laughs> scribbled over it. In my opinion, at least. For and, sure. uh, yeah, it's funny, you know, everybody's like, right now the Buffalo theme is super, super in fashion. So everybody's murals want to be the Buffalo Bills with the sabers inside of a buffalo with a chicken wing coming out of its butt. <laughs> like, it's just obscene. They want every, the city hall shoved in here and over here. And uh, I've seen other artists talk about it too. It's funny. Um, and they just hate it. It was so overdone. I was yep. like, okay, I can indirectly reference Buffalo through their food without having the chicken wings, the celery, the blue cheese, you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know maybe maybe you should just put the bisons because that's an indirect. Yeah, uh, very loosely related to our city right now. <laughs> so, so uh, Alyssa, you know, I have this conversation with my students an awful lot and uh, we talk about murals that are on the side of buildings that are com usually commissioned or you're given permission to do them. <laughs> <laughs> what would you say the difference between a mural and graffiti is? Ah, ooh. All right. Well, they can both be this, under the same thing. I, I do this lesson with my kids, actually. I do uh, slideshows and prompts for it, mm -hmm. where you have sort of the um, overarching theme of public art at the top, mm -hmm. and then it branches sort of into street art and graffiti, which graffiti can be street art, but street art usually isn't graffiti. You know, graffiti is about you putting your name up there or like your crew's name and defacing something. Because. Yeah, because. <laughs> <laughs> because. Everywhere. And I actually, I followed him for a while, uh, just finding those little things. They're everywhere. Mm. Like thousands oh, yeah. of them. Meticulous. And, I and saw them on nails, like on actual nails, just driven into things. Like it's insane. Yeah. Which I, I, I remember. I'm sorry, God. I was just say I think it's no. it's not well done and it doesn't look good, but I sort of have to admire the persistence because it was the sides of buildings, pipes hanging off of things, and I remember in 2013 they caught him. They did, and uh, I, I I was in film school at the time, and they were <laughs> there was an article in the Buffalo News about uh, they called him uh, the least talented vandal it was like comic sans it was, <laughs> it was all yeah. comic sans. 
<laughs> That's a little font humor for our yeah. friends at home. But uh, the least talented vandal. So I wrote a mockumentary uh, interviewing the oh, people wow. in his life of the least talented vandal, and uh, it never got made. But they. Oh, they, okay. Uh, I was sad to see this if it was made. Oh, I, I I'll send you the script. You know, Alyssa. Before we get any further, we do have a question here, and I'm sure Ooh. this is going to stir up some controversy. But you oh, know what? Man. If we're not. If we're not making people upset, we're not doing a good job. Uh, so uh, we're asked here, what's your favorite pizza in the Buffalo area? Well, dun, dun, I'm not going to narrow it down to one. But um, <laughs> being from like the South Buffalo with Seneca area, I love Bella pizza. All I mm. had as a kid, love Bella. I like black olive pizza. But if I'm going traditional with cup and char pepperoni, I am a huge fan of the Franco style. And specifically this mural right around the corner is Daddy-O's, which I've never seen a kinder, like the guy who owns it is just so personable. I love walking in there all the time. He comes and he chats with you. And you know, I told him I used his slice as um, inspiration for my mural. He hooked us up. We were going around, you know, all the muralists were getting food from, you know, one place or another. And you take this on your way out. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. Tag me in your Instagram. And he was just the funniest guy. He'd sit and chat for forever. So I love Daddy O's on Hurdle. <laughs> Daddy O's on Hurdle. There you go. And uh, if you guys want to send us the check for that product placement, we'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm going to answer this question too, because I just recently moved into a new neighborhood in the last year. And uh, I was always a uh, LaBella a fan in Chictawaga. Uh, love, I still love them. But down the street from me is Lunetta's uh, on Cleveland Drive, and they are amazing. And, uh, you know, right now, more than ever, these mom and pop stores like Daddio's, LaBella, Lunetta's, they really need us to uh, keep their business going. So if you have an opportunity, you need to choose one of these places we just talked about. And uh, I'm expecting free pizza. So thank you, Tara, for that. Uh, for that question. Okay, so let's get back to murals. And we were talking yeah. about graffiti, talked about murals here. What responsibility does the artist have in creating public works of art? Um, what? I would say it depends on where it's going. You know, mm -hmm. if you're in an area that's sort of run down, overrun with graffiti, you know, broken down, I just like seeing anything unexpected that brightens it up. Um, mm -hmm. I've seen commissions where you usually have a contract and you have an end goal and somebody's telling you what to paint, why to paint it. I'm not a huge fan of that, but it pays the bills certainly a lot more than just going up and doing it on your own. Definitely. definitely. Um, I think, you know, it's just something that should be pleasing to the eye. In my opinion, anybody can make art. Anybody can put up stickers or spray paint stencils, uh, wheat paste. Um, I just like stuff that will stop you in your tracks for a second and take your mind off things. Um, back in college, I got into wheat pasting a little bit, allegedly, and uh, <laughs> there was a few times I had TFA friends who would come around and film, you know, the wheat paste process, spray painting mm -hmm. and all that good stuff. It was cool. But it, it's funny to me because being like a five foot, very pasty woman, I could walk <laughs> down Elmwood and find a boarded up uh, storefront. And I could go in the middle of the day with everybody drinking their kombucha, whatever hipster drink that they have <laughs> with a pair of sunglasses and a paint bucket in my hand. And uh, I could walk up to a store pretty much anywhere and I could graffiti it without anybody calling the cops, taking pictures, doing anything, caring me. Right. And it's just funny, you know, that I, I was able to do that. And it just goes to show like it's crazy. <laughs> you can go through and just not have to worry about it. 
Um, and, and, and we should, we should, you know, I'll tell you that if I did that, I'd be arrested on the yes, spot. Absolutely. So, as 99% <laughs> of other people doing it. Uh, you know, it's funny. We talk about in my classes, uh, Keith Herring, mm -hmm. um, who is known pretty much for going into the New York City subway system and, and chalk drawn on top of the advertisements after they were coming down. And uh, my students always ask, well, that's, isn't that graffiti? And I'm like, yeah, but he's famous, so there's a difference there. <laughs> he did get arrested a lot, <laughs> or, as as he he probably deserved. Uh, but I'm still a huge fan of Keith Haring's work, uh, and and I think that that really is a testament to the art form. It's it's like you know, uh, it's it's you know, it, it's it's a it, risk. <laughs> it's a risk. It's provocative, and if it's done well, like my big thing with graffiti is how do these people go into these train yards in the middle of the night and like spray paint like this huge like twenty five foot by like ninety foot thing? He's very talented, and nobody saw them at all. <laughs> Somebody who has allegedly been in train yards like that <laughs> to shoot photos and do things, um, they work very quickly. So like graffiti artists that can bang out like a burner like that are uh, very, very skilled. They have ladders, they're quick, they're whatever. And most trained people don't get paid enough to care, you know? <laughs> um, I, I mean, walking down Elmwood, the, the thing that I made was a wheat paste of a, a bird. It was one of the first birds that I did. And I slapped it on a boarded up um, bank. It was an 18 oh, yeah. slot. Mm -hmm. And I put it up there and just left it, took a picture and walked away. And like, okay, nobody called the cops, great. Um, like two days later, I saw somebody trying to scratch it off. And I walked over, I taped it back up, whatever. And then another day later, it, you know, it's funny because people complain about graffiti all the time or street art or things that weren't commissioned or actually paid for. Mm -hmm. um, the Elmwood Village Association posted it saying, thank you to the anonymous artist. I graffitied their stuff and they thanked me for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just mind boggling to me that like, depending on, you know, what people like and, you know, the hipster area that you're in, it could be accepted or it could not be accepted. <laughs> it's all the perception. It's, uh -huh. it's, it's uh, that's very interesting that you bring that up. We have another question here. Uh, and I, I think this is a good one, uh, a testament uh, to your art. Um, any advice for young artists who want to teach and be an artist someday? Oh man. Yes. You should definitely focus on the foundation skills. Nobody likes to do observational drawings or still lives. You know, when you put the bottles and the flowers up on the table and you sit and carefully draw it, it's the hardest and most mind numbing thing to actually do, but it's the thing that'll help you the most. Um, you know, I really haven't met an artist who hasn't taken the time to learn the foundations. Even I took a class called color theory. Oh my God. It was all about color. I, I spent like $3,000 learning about color, <laughs> but it helped. <laughs> and you just have to have patience. I mean, I, everybody's, Oh, you're born really good at drawing. No, I just have more patience than you. And I just stuck with it. So, yeah. I mean, I know uh, my boyfriend's, I believe grandmother, she picked up drawing and painting when I want to say she's in her fifties or sixties and just amazing at it. But she sat and had the patience to, to learn the skill. So it takes time. It, it's definitely something It's patience. And in this generation, we find that that instant gratification deters <laughs> people from wanting to take on these skills. Um, you know, I, I, I st I'm starting my grad school work that tonight, actually. And one of the things that I was so like wanting to do is take on some art studios, but I'm like, I know how much time you need to put into it. And as much as I would love to just do ceramics, 
I just don't have the physical amount of time. No, it's one thing when you're an undergrad, you live on campus. I could spend up until 6 a.m. just sitting in a studio that I shouldn't be in. <laughs> and, you know, I we were in what the, the art ed crew in uh, – Bob ceramics class. I've never yep. taken one before. I'm like hanging out of the kiln because I don't physically reach the bottom of it. <laughs> <laughs> trying not to kill myself. That is, that's really funny. I mean, it's, it's thinking about all that stuff, you know, it, it's, it's such an awesome field and the arts continue to prove their importance on teaching people uh, how to express themselves, how to, how to give uh, something back to the community, how to participate in the conversation. And I, I just, it is mind boggling to me that it is always one of the first things on the chopping block because there's very little data in assessment with it. Whereas you're giving somebody that opportunity to love something and have something to live for. Mm -hmm. We always want to take that away. And I, I think that's yeah. just, it's bizarre. I think it comes down to like quantitative versus qualitative mm -hmm. that you really can't you know, you know, you take an art test, you color it inside the lines, you get 100, you get 10 points off because you scribbled over here. You know, there's really no numerical score that you can give. And, you know, in most of my classes, I don't I wish I missed the studios like you were saying. It's mm -hmm. just working with your hands is something completely different than working graphic design. Mm -hmm. And I do miss it. I don't miss cleaning it up or having to be in charge of children who make messes. <laughs> so that's nice. But it's uh, yeah, they talk about, oh, we have to use technology more. We have to use it. And they're like shoehorning it in. Yeah. You know, I mean, my art class, I don't expect anybody really to become an artist. I mean, I expect them to have a better understanding of it, why mm -hmm. people make it. You know, what is somebody trying to sell you? I do a lot on advertising. Appreciate and, an appreciation yeah. for it. Yeah. I, I mostly go into, you know, that I do a lesson on the difference between street art, graffiti and propaganda is one of my favorite ones to get in. And I'll show them advertisements and I'll teach mm -hmm. them how to make fake advertisements where you steal the font, you steal the color scheme and the theme, and yep. you try and pass it off as a real ad. And you have to think, what what are you trying to do? Are you trying to sell something? Are you trying to scare somebody? And it really gets them thinking about, yeah, they're probably not going to become advertisers or artists like that, but they look more, um, you know, skeptically at things that they see. Like, why is this ad allowed to be up? But why mm -hmm. is a bird that somebody painted not? Why sure. am I allowed to have a Colgate and a McDonald's ad and this, this, and that all over plastered in front of my face, but I can't see artwork, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, and I, I, you know, that's a big thing right now in uh, digital literacy and media literacy, you know, where, especially now where we're sitting home a lot more because we're, uh, you know, in quarantine, mm -hmm. but you know, there is so much media being thrown at us and at our children and at our students every day, being able to read it and understand what it means and, and, and figure out what is it trying to say? Is it, uh, is it a reputable source? Is it not a reputable mm -hmm. source? Um, can I trust it? Should I not trust it? I, I, I have this, uh, this project, you know, art criticism, and I have kids look at artwork and tell me what they think it's about. Editorial cartoons, the same thing. Mm -hmm. This is definitely a 21st century skill that we need. I think it's natural for us as art teachers to, to be able to put that into our, our curriculum and and it's very important and i think what you're doing with the make your own ad is for people really paying attention and i think that's a testament to where we stand as a society so to speak yeah digital literacy i love talking about because everybody overlooks it i mostly yeah. it comes down to who paid somebody to make this and why <laughs> mm -hmm. yes because you can you can you could uh 
make the the results of any survey come out whatever you want it to be if you have if the price is right so you were, <laughs> well, uh, i want to talk a little bit about the artwork that's on the wall behind you right now now uh one of my favorite artists and one of your favorite artists uh is the local a gentleman named philip burke and uh, i teach my seventh graders about him uh and and i absolutely love following his work i love uh everything he does it's just so phenomenal can you just discuss those uh the story behind how you got those uh a sketchy instagram transaction <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah i've got uh up here baby richard nixon and then baby Mick Jagger. and i saw them i was scrolling through i think um i ended up teaching a lesson on philip burke like you did everybody steals it and we did portraits and we actually got him to come in and talk to the kids he was great with them um ended up taking the time like 20 minutes a child in a class of probably 20 something to look at their artwork, critique it, answer any questions. He brought in his own artwork. And if you're unfamiliar with this stuff, it's been on the cover of like Rolling Stone magazines, people, he does political work, music-based artwork and portraits. He uh, live paints at Art Park all the time. So if you go to take a, um, I guess you can't go this year, but if you see <laughs> live art going on on the side of the stage, he raffles them off to raise money. So his work is huge. It's probably four to five feet per painting, usually a group of people or, you know, a single artist that he does. And it's iconic. He's got all these flashy colors, exaggerated features that I like to use. And uh, I scrolled through Instagram and I saw these and they look like in a dimly lit basement just on the ground. <laughs> like they're soaking in water. I said, hey, what are, are those Philip Burks? And he said, yeah, how did you know? I'm like, well, they look sort of like his. You know, they're not what you're used to seeing. I said, I'm, are you interested in selling them? He said, sure. I was like, well, what's your price on these? <laughs> he haggled a bit and I ended up getting him down to something ridiculously low, like obscenely low. These are like 24 by 36 paintings. Mm -hmm. And they're unhung, they're dirty. They've definitely been somewhere. And as I went to go give the guy like cash and stuff for it in his driveway in some sketchy little place in South Buffalo, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I know. I picked these up at an estate sale on a boat. They've been sitting in the art forever. I was like, whatever, man. <laughs> That's <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, I took them back and immediately when I'm friends with uh, Philip on Facebook, I said, hey, these are definitely yours, right? Like, they're definitely signed Philip Burke. And he he did say that they were his. And I got a hold of his, um, what is it, his company? Uh, sure. Sure, his company. The sure. Burke company. And they the representation, did. Representation. <laughs> yeah, it's something. It actually is something like that, where you can buy his original artwork through it. And he confirmed that they were his and told me that uh, they were actually done for a children's storybook. They were never published. So nobody else has pictures of these besides me and everybody else watching that screenshots the TV right now. And uh, they've never been put into production. So he did. I believe models of his friend's kids as little Mick Jagger and little Nick <laughs> for this storybook that never happened. And then they got lost. They just ended up in somebody's basement somewhere and now in my studio. <laughs> oh, it looks like we're losing uh, Alyssa. She'll be right back in oh, a no. second. So yeah, so Philip Burke is an awesome artist. If you have the opportunity to look at some of his work, uh, you should definitely uh, be able to do that because it would We're going to give her a second to get all that uh, taken care of. And if her uh, her connection gets back, we'll talk to her. So uh, while we're got to, oh, and it looks like we got her back. back. All right, there you are. I can see the potatoes. <laughs> the potatoes. That's weird. The internet connection. Everybody and their mother's online. And it's just, uh, it's just taking it away. So 
that's awesome. So those were un, uh, you know, unreleased uh, works, and that's yeah. that's great. Uh, I think they need a little rehab. Very awesome. <laughs> but they're there. <laughs> That's so cool. It's a great story. Okay, so while I have you here, uh, we were talking over the weekend about a conspiracy theory uh, that I have uh, in something that has nothing to do with art whatsoever. Um, so uh, over the weekend, my girlfriend and I decided to hike the Eternal Flame Trail at Chestnut Ridge Park. And apparently, uh, we and 5,000 other people had the same idea. And uh, <laughs> And it was funny because on Facebook, uh, I had just shared or I was tagged in or something about how that day after we had gotten back from the trail, um, <laughs> the Eternal Flame Trail was closed down indef indefinitely uh, because of the uh, need to rescue two people out of the ravine. So uh, Alyssa comments and uh, she says that... Uh, yeah, uh, people do some goofy things. So why don't you share with everybody right now uh, something that we, some of the things we talked about about the people that go down into this into this uh, trail. For those of you who don't know, once upon a time there was a hidden trail that nobody knew about that went to a um, a waterfall deep in this I guess public park, and there's a break in the shell where natural gas is released, and it has a constant flame that you sometimes have to relight, and uh, it's, you know, under the water is the flame, so you have a little <laughs> gap, and there's a little cavern, and you can light it and see it. It used to be just people would go on their own, you'd find your own trail, you sort of memorize where it is, and you'd be, boom, a waterfall with a flame under it. It's awesome. Then it got published in, I'm assuming, some magazine or news article, and everybody and their mother went, and everybody is like it's it's a, not a horrible trail to hike um there weren't any markers at one point uh, now nope. there are a ton so it's very easy to find they've cleared out a ton of the foliage they made steps for people to take so now anybody can get there including like families of 10 and grandma who's 88 years old and your toddler in a dirty diaper and your <laughs> sister in her <laughs> south buffalo pajama pants and crocs but uh yeah i see people drinking there all the time which isn't great because it is a sheer drop off yeah um you know there's garbage now which is a bummer um yeah. But I mean, when I was a kid, I mean, not even a kid anymore, um, I was probably older than I should have been climbing up the vines on the side of the waterfall. Oh, yeah. yeah they're, they're cleared out now almost completely, but they are very solid. I want to say they're more roots than vines. And I could scale them up to the top of the waterfall and, you know, sit and take pictures dangerously and not supposed to be up there. <laughs> but, uh, they, you know, you do it at your own risk. And if you fall, you fall. That's in life. Um, but, oh my I, gosh. but a few years ago, somebody completely fell and I believe they passed away. And that's when they put trail markers and more signs and more things telling you not to do stuff. And apparently that doesn't work, surprisingly. Oh, I, what people aren't doing what they're asked to do? Never. <laughs> I had people commenting, oh, I never got to go there. I'm like, well, it's still there for you to walk to. I'm assuming they're going to have a sign and not a cop standing there to tell you not to go in. Yeah, it's. <laughs> It's just funny because you know it's it's now I've seen eternal flames uh, around the country. So at Arlington Cemetery, they have the eternal flame over uh, President John F. Kennedy's uh, grave marker, um, which I think is a little more eternal. Um, <laughs> nobody blows this one out. Nobody blows this one out. But it was funny because we were talking about that, and I joked with my girlfriend saying uh, it's probably connected to like some gas line and Billy Bob <laughs> down on uh, down on sixteen over there is in charge of. People off, <laughs> <laughs> turning it on and off, because I was like, it's just hard for me to believe 
that there is this natural gas seeping out of the ground and everybody can go buy it. You know, like, and you sure it's just a little trickle, but like natural gas is just <laughs> leaking out of the ground. Yeah, and, pilot light. <laughs> yeah, it's but but it's like just yeah, just leaking out of the ground. And now you said you've had to light it. I have. Past. It's not a big enough, you know, where you see in movies where you leave the gas tank or the propane on, you throw a match yeah. and it blows everything up. It's a very small trickle. And the pocket that it's in behind the waterfall is just enough to keep it in there. So, I mean, I've gone down, I think it's funny, you know, we go, me and my boyfriend go hiking to go take pictures uh-huh. and people are standing there. And the one time we went down, I felt really bad. He was like, oh, watch, you can relight it. So he goes up to the waterfall, everybody's waiting. Like there's a ton of people to get pictures <laughs> and he blew it out. And he didn't have a match. <laughs> so oh, no. walked down there for like an hour, took the hike. Nobody could relight it. Nobody had a lighter. And we just sort of awkwardly walked <laughs> <laughs> that is that that's 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 like a, a national lampoons movie right there you know you get to that's the wally world of <laughs> uh, the hike in chestnut ridge is you get down there and it's out uh, yeah. it, and, and it's funny so we're going there this weekend and it just rained and i'm sure most of the time there's not that much water coming down it's over bad, yeah you know i mean this is like this is like white water rafting <laughs> down the ravine in chestnut ridge and um no, it's that big sign saying, please wear a mask. You know, I, I think they they were nice. They said, please, please. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, and a good 50% of people weren't wearing a mask. I don't really care what anybody's stance on the mask situation is, <laughs> but if they're asking you nicely to do something, do it or leave. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so uh, we're walking down there and there's this family and there's like four people with dogs, four dogs. <laughs> and this one dog is barking at the water moving (laughs) so i'm like great now not only do we have to worry about uh grandma betty down there falling and breaking her only good hip but now we got like four dogs that we have to all worry about oh oh and then the family the mom and dad that decide to fight because the little boy who's like four (laughs) has no hand-eye coordination yet and he's tripping over every tree branch you know but let's keep taking the family (laughs) that was awful yeah and they don't understand that they can't wear like shoes like it goes up to your knees if you hike up the river you know, yeah. down to get in there, you take off your shoes and it's just sharp shell. And they're oh, like, oh, I guess we can bring our whole extended family down here to do it quick. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I wore Converse sneakers, so I was prepared. Um, <laughs> okay, so Alyssa, uh, you know, we got a few more minutes here. So I wanted to show uh, some more of your artwork uh, for people to see. Uh, so naturally, we started with the... Um, the pizza mural here. And uh, this is, uh, you can see this on Hurdle Alley, which I think everybody should go to. Uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, what we see here. Ah, those are actually reproductions of much larger paintings that I did. Um, if you can imagine those at two foot by two foot, I made a stencil of uh, City Hall. So down on Niagara Street, you stand in the middle of the road, you take a picture and remove the obelisk. But um, that's probably like 30 hours worth of cutting with this, um, a knife. 
I ended up, I think it was my freshman year of college. I stole a bunch of giant menus from the dining hall and glued them together to make paper for this because I didn't have money to buy anything else. <laughs> and uh, just sat on the ground. I, I like taped a bunch of pictures together. I photoshopped the stencil and uh, sat cutting, like just making my hands bleed for days and days and days like a crazy person. And then <laughs> sprayed them anywhere that I could. There was an honors lounge up on the top floor mm -hmm. of North Wing back in the day. And I turned one of the rooms into my studio because if you do anything and you have a smile on your face, nobody's going to question what you're doing. So I brought in like, <laughs> an entire air compressor, a bunch of spray paint, um, canvases, masks, and things like that. And I put a sign on the door. <laughs> and I was like, don't come in. <laughs> and I got to use it as my personal studio for like a long time, way longer than I should have been able to. And nobody questioned it. So um, I had that. I actually got paint all over the place. And then oh, like, years later, they actually paid me to paint the entire honors lounge. And I was like, oh, pretending that I didn't destroy one of the rooms on my own <laughs> <laughs> with my own paint. And they were like, they commissioned me to do murals inside there. So I've got more murals up there. Um, and I just ended up collaging. The originals have a bunch of newspapers, newspaper clippings, Buffalo newspapers. These ones I catered to the festival people. So mm -hmm. usually in the summer, I'm selling artwork. Everybody wants Bill's theme. Everybody wants Savers theme stuff. I'm surprised mm -hmm. I haven't made one with chicken wings in the background yet. But uh, these are smaller, <laughs> I think like one foot by one foot uh, stretch canvases that I have Photoshopped the background in. Oh, very cool. Work. Let's talk about this. Uh, this is a very, um, yeah, what is this? It's <laughs> <laughs> a prompt for uh, one of my classroom assignments. So when I'm teaching Photoshop, uh, we go through like your basic cut and paste kind of thing. And then I show kids how to make things look realistic, how to fade things in and out, how to play with perspective that we were talking about before, shadows, and just really the um, the beginning, okay, I can sort of tell it's photoshopped, to I can't tell what's photoshopped mm -hmm. on here. I think the original oh, cool. picture that I found was just the brain in the jar and two empty jars. The egg, the eye, the hamburger, and the mushrooms are all fake. I put those in there. But oh, cool. depending on like where the glass and everything is, is like the uh -huh. really advanced steps for kids to try and bring in highlights and shadows. And it's one of their like cumulative projects. So make you believe what you're seeing. That's very cool. Cause I, I'm believing what I'm seeing here. <laughs> uh, then we have this, which if I remember correctly, this is on the back of a skateboard. Skate deck, yeah. Skate I deck, ended yes. up doing some more sketchy Facebook transactions and getting a bunch of skate decks and sanding them down. So I went into Home Depot, like Ron Swanson, and everyone's like, oh, miss, what do you need? I'm like, I know more than you. <laughs> you got all the tools to sand them down. And uh, you mentioned it looked like Rocky Horror, which is funny because I have uh, a big painting in my living room of that. But uh, I call them the Kesha lips because uh -huh. it's a bunch of glitter. Like, yeah. you know, the, the everybody hates it in arts and crafts. Your teachers hate it. Your parents hate it. But, uh, yeah, it started out with a drawing and then just water colors and layers um, over a sketch on there. That is so cool. <laughs> now, this this last picture I'm going to show, uh, I, I wasn't aware uh, of its full caliber at the beginning. <laughs> uh, a few, I don't know, this is probably a month and a half ago, maybe two months ago, uh, right Toward the beginning of quarantine, I reached out to a bunch of art teacher friends and asked if they would uh, do the Van Gogh project, <laughs> oh, which <geez>. was um, <laughs> paint yourself uh, as if you painted in the style of Vincent Van Gogh. So uh, this is mine, which I didn't put into the into the program, but that was what I came up with as a um, style. And, and Alyssa <laughs> went a completely different route, which. 
I really appreciate because it's so different than what we, uh, what the others did. Uh, she went um, full frontal. <laughs> <laughs> it was censored for Facebook. <laughs> it was censored. Uh, I, I really like the, 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 this, this is more of like his, um, his other subjects, you know, like uh, the postman uh, and, and the, the idea. So the idea was that you would recreate an artwork based on a painting of Vincent van Gogh, a self-portrait. And I, I think that Alyssa did a really cool job here uh, being different um, and choosing some of his other work because. Uh, a starry night. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what I went with because I, that that's how creative I am. You know the postman, though. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, uh, his name's like Raul, I think, right? Or it was Ronan. 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 I don't know. Um, I should know that because I teach. Exactly. It was just up at the Albright, which I'm almost banned from. <laughs> did you did you uh, paint a mural at the Albright that we don't know about? I almost <laughs> did. No, I accidentally knocked a Van Gogh off the wall. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, they. Uh, you know how the the Albright's closed right now? They have that secondary location. Yeah. We went and, for an art art educators workshop, uh -huh. and the uh, the art teacher that I had at the time, you know, he's a former art teacher. We went, we went to go to the workshop. They did a little drawing thing, and they're like talking about not touching the artwork, and I'm giggling because my whole family goes and they all touch the artwork, and I have to like be the docent to not <laughs> allow them to chew gum and everything. Sure. So when you go to a gallery, there are rules. There's no chewing gum. There's no ballpoint pens. You can't have ink. You know, nothing like that. Yeah. There's no touching, no, none of it, none of it. <laughs> but uh, in high school, I ended up going on a tour. I think it wasn't even for art. It was for like French Honor Society. Mm -hmm. And they took us and we were walking and our poor docent was like an elderly man with no hearing left. He's what? trying to talk to him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's, he's talking to us and everybody's just looking all around. There's another tour of small children sitting on the ground. Mm -hmm. And some of the frames are very large. They jut out of the wall, probably almost a foot. Yeah, and Van Gogh has a huge, ornate, golden, beautiful frame around it. And he just got done talking about how it's worth like $80 million. And as I'm avoiding a child on the ground, my shoulder clipped it. Oh, no. Like straight, it swung and then ricocheted back and just thudded throughout the entire silent gallery. And I just kept walking. The kids are all looking at me like, Ooh, and I'm like, shut up. <laughs> kept you see walking. nothing. He heard nothing. No alarm, no nothing. Nobody on the camera came running. I was like, oh my God, my face went like red and white yeah. at the same time. And it was uh, awful. But we, we told this story at the teacher's workshop and the woman was just sort of staring at me and she's just looking around at all the other artwork that we're not supposed <laughs> to be touching. And I'm like, <laughs> You know, when uh, I was little, my mom and I and my dad and sister and aunt and uncle, we went to the Corning Museum of Glass. Oh and... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and when you go into the Corning Museum of Glass, there's like that contemporary stuff. It's really, really awesome. And then it goes into like the antique, like ancient stuff. Ancient <laughs> stuff. And uh, my mom is very hands-on, and uh, she she goes and she uh, she she's like talking about it, and she looks away, and as she's doing, she slams her hand into the display case, trying to like just trying to get the mom. Yeah. And uh, my uncle Bill says. Uh-oh, we almost had a call back down for that other ancient 20th uh, uh, second century piece of glass that was behind <laughs> that glass. It was it was so funny. But, you know, I, I say that all the time. It's like, I wish there were art galleries 
that were a little more hands-on. And I know there are. Recently, they've opened up a little bit. I love taking family to galleries, you know, give them yeah. like an official tour. I, yeah. I took small cousins, probably like when they were five and four, six and four, something like that. And the mm -hmm. grandparents came. And they said, okay, take us on the tour, show us what's in here. I was like, okay, here's the Warhol, here's the whatever, here's the secret thing inside of this. And we get to a part, and I, I every time I go there, I would spend hours, like days, I'd leave, I was an RA, mm -hmm. I would leave and go walk around the gallery while I was on call. And I'd just be sitting there waiting for someone to lock themselves out. I'd talk to the docents, I'd talk to everybody. Sure. And they'd sit and they'd be like, oh, come over here, I'm gonna show you this. <laughs> oh, okay. They'd go over and see all these little things. And eventually I became familiar with one of the docents. So when I took my family, he recognized me. And he said, hey, your little cousins, are they well behaved? I was like, yep, yep, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he took us and there was a piece of the Albright. It was had to do with sound and movement or something like that. And it was for the sake of it, bells, some sort mm -hmm. of bells that you could jingle with your hands. So you put mm -hmm. on the gloves, right? Mm -hmm. I said, all right, I'm gonna get your cousin. So I sort of leave at this point. I'm like, I'm not associated with any of you, and I leave, I left, <laughs> and I, I hear from a distance, I was sort of listening, uh, they put the kid up to the, the piece, and they yeah. say, okay, very gently, bang, 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 through all the bells, and I'm sitting there like, oh no, and I hear my aunt yell at him, ah, I can't, he's, no, it's okay, it's okay, kids do this all the time, so I wait, I'm laughing, and then my mom's over there mortified, I left again, and I hear maybe five minutes later, another bang, 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 I'm like, they did not put him back up there, it was my grandfather. <laughs> oh. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, I think that's, that's fantastic because you know what? It just shows like, it doesn't matter how old you are. You <laughs> never grow up. <laughs> you know, I, I and, and you know what, from talking with you today, Alyssa, I realized that there's a lot of illegal events uh, in your life that I'm very interested in learning more about, but unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> we we don't want to we don't want to give away the entire store otherwise you might not get it back <laughs> so uh other than that uh I, I really i really do appreciate you taking the time to talk with me today uh please uh follow Alyssa uh, on instagram her handle is at five foot harp it was also uh on the uh, pizza uh, mural here. And uh, now you'll know whenever you see it on the uh, food delivery uh, publications in the city of Good <laughs> Neighbors, who actually crafted it. Now, Alyssa, we have the summer coming up. And if you're like me, uh, us teachers who have been working our, our, our butts off through this quarantine are going to get what they refer to as a summer vacation in quotations, <laughs> because I think... This is going to be the least summer vacation I've ever had. Do you yeah. have any big plans, any projects, anything coming up in the future in the next few months? Hopefully a mural in the works because I hate being employed and I'm a bum in the summer. I'd usually do <laughs> art festivals, but not because of social distancing. Uh, we like to save everybody's lives or something stupid like that. I know. And, the uh, <laughs> I, uh, I think I've just scored a commission for like a 45 foot by 13 foot mural up in Hamburg. So I won't reveal the location yet, but I've been doing some sketches and it should be one of those new hipster Instagrammy spots for everybody to go take pictures awesome. of dogs. <laughs> awesome. And as you're, as you're working on that, if you send us pictures, I'll be happy to share them with our audience so that they're uh, able to uh, see it. But uh, awesome. That sounds great. And we're looking forward to seeing what you create in the future. And uh, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, talk to me today. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I got to be 
first female with, you know, the pink little lines at the bottom to, <laughs> to show that. <laughs> Don't let anybody know. Really progressive on here. <laughs> we are. We are. Wait, wait, wait till wait till later this week. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, thank you very much, Alyssa. Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow Alyssa on Instagram at uh, Five Foot Harp. And uh, please, while you're at it, you should give us a subscription on Facebook and on the Why Bother YouTube uh, page. We would like to thank our monthly sponsor, Curtinger Puppets. And we would also like to let you know that we are now available on Spotify, Breaker, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Anchor. I'm John Sobleski. Thank you for sharing your afternoon with me. And I look forward to seeing you at the next episode of Why Bother. Why Bother?